Just a quick content warning for today's episode of the TMI Project podcast. It includes an account of a violent sexual assault on a trans person, so please take care of yourself as you listen. By me, like, putting a facade up and not being true to my friends, to my family, they weren't grasping who I was just as a person. They were getting the cliff notes. It's the TMI Project Podcast. A series of stories about the too much information parts of ourselves we usually leave out because we're too ashamed or embarrassed. This is season four. Pride Stories. You're Julie Novak. You're a lesbian. And you're Blake File, and you're a gay. That is correct. This season, we're going to profile some of the most incredible LGBTQIA plus storytellers and follow their narratives right up until the moment they walk on stage and read their monologues live in front of an audience. Before we get started, just want to let you know that as the TMI implies, some of this content might be too much information for some listeners. If you or someone you know is struggling, there is always help 24-7 at thetrevorproject.org. And remember, your support keeps our content free and accessible to everyone who wants to listen, gay or otherwise. So if you like what you hear and you're able to chip in, thank you. You can do so at tmiproject.org, where you can also find some fabulous merch. Yes, speaking of which, this season is brought to you by Mr. Julie Tees. And you guessed it, I'm Mr. Julie, your co-host and the designer of custom queer AF t-shirts. Don't just say gay. Scream it out loud with Mr. Julie Tees. A portion of our proceeds from all t-shirt sales will be donated to TMI Project to keep the creation and amplification of queer stories alive. Follow me on Instagram at Mr. Julie Tees and shop your favorite styles at MrJulieTees.com. Now, let's dive in. Yo, Julie. Julie. Hey. Hi. Okay, you're literally <laughs> rolling your eyes at me. It's so rude. <laughs> I was I'm just about sorry. to be so excited, and you're starting off on a really negative foot. You're like, yeah, Julie. I wasn't expecting it. It didn't resonate with you? Is that what you mean? It didn't get me in the nether regions, which is where everything <laughs> has to... Wait, what? Why are you laughing? Because nether regions sounds disgusting. Shut the <laughs> fuck <laughs> up. Okay. <laughs> You're such a son of a bitch. <sighs> we say that on live TV or? We can say that on live TV. <laughs> say whatever we want. This is 1983 public access television, bitch. This is our time. This bitch. is our time. No, we just, yeah. So we should, <laughs> just, should we We're back. We're back with another amazing pride story to share with everybody. My friend Bailey, I don't know if she's your friend, but she's definitely my friend. She has become a good friend. Yes. Okay, and you don't have to her- correct me like that. That is just <laughs> <laughs> Well, I got a chance to spend such quality time with her and her now wife Amanda, Mandy Buckles. We were in New York City a couple of years back doing a project which will be made into a short film sometime soon. I don't want to give any more away than that, but we've been close since then and stayed in touch and just 
one of the most quality, fabulous people I've ever met in my life. Yeah, she's going to share her story today about her trans identity and taking ownership of it, learning to survive and discovering all the hope that she has inside of her in the process. And what's so great about her story is that it encapsulates all of what we believe at TMI Project in terms of how storytelling is such a strong tool for social justice movement building and the consequences of what can happen when you don't get a chance to share that story. The way that the pain that you can go through when you don't express your authentic self is so devastating. And not only does it hurt in the moment, but it can snowball into a slew of so many other problems. For some people, expressing themselves, it's actually could put their very lives at stake in a world that has proven time and time again, you know, you look at 2021, record-breaking year of violence against transgender Americans, specifically majority of those Black trans women. And 2022 is shaping up to be just as rough. It's really scary, actually. Bailey's story is important in that context. It gives us an opportunity to really listen and hear what is being said, hear the truth of what's being said, and really understand it from a deeply emotional level, and then be able to take that and say, well, what can I do now? What I like about Bailey's story is it's satisfying at the end of it, because she is living proof that out of darkness comes powerful light. And I I love that. Yeah, queerness is not a monolith. And what I love about Bailey's story is that Though she has a period of time in her life where she's trying to be something she's not, there is still an authentic piece of her that she holds on that carries through when she does become her authentic self. And with Bailey, there's a transition that happens, but there's an embracing of all the things that were still Bailey, some of which are not necessarily associated with being feminine. But that stuff doesn't have to get left behind. It's more... Now I get to be fully myself and enjoy those things even more and be exactly the person I'm meant to be. And that's one thing I really love about this story. Absolutely. Bailey didn't just transform. She synthesized. This story is actually a very personal one for me because I've known Bailey since I was in ninth and she was in 10th grade. We were a street over from one another and we're close friends. And to this day, we remain good friends. In fact, I was in New York City with her at the hospital the day that she got her final surgery and became the woman that she is and has always been. To be there in that moment with her when she woke up, I I felt like I was watching a birth. And when you get to see life being created in its purest form, I can't think of a better gift to have received. I think about high school, we would skip school all the time and go play GoldenEye on Nintendo 64, go see scary movies together. And the whole time, I had not a clue that there was something going on until I did. And that's the power of true storytelling, is we get the opportunity to fearlessly reveal exactly who we are. And I just could not be more excited to share this story. I love this woman inside and out. And I love seeing her today. And I love seeing her with her partner, Amanda, doing the damn thing all the time, just living the biggest lives possible. I'm so excited. Let's do it. Let's let's play the story. And remember, folks, stay tuned after her story to hear how Bailey is doing today. Here's Bailey. I was a bodybuilder, a gym buff. I lived for the smell of iron in the glorious iron temple. 
I was 5'8", 185 pounds on a small frame. I was benching 325 pounds. My voice was deep and had some bass to it. As we lifted, my gym friends and I would say things to each other, like, don't be a bitch. That's pussy weight. I walked like a Greek statue, always on flex. My muscle build and tattoos were very eye-catching. But when I looked in the mirror at myself, it wasn't me. I'm seven years old and in the laundry room, secretly trying on my mom's clothes. She had the best dresses. In vibrant pinks, purples, and maroons, with beautiful island flower designs, each one a true testament to late 80s and early 90s style. <laughs> I take out her stockings and absolutely love the silky smooth feeling, carefully rolling them up my legs. In my mom's clothes, I feel free. I feel so fashionably free. I'm 15 years old. What is happening to my body? Why do I have to change like the boys? Why can't I develop like the other girls? Male puberty sucks. I guess I'll keep secretly wearing my sister's clothes when nobody's here. Their belly's chunky heels, short skirts, metallic halter tops, and my hidden secret until the family returns home. I'm 21 years old. If I can't grow up to be the girl that I always wanted to be, then I'll become the best man that I can possibly be. I tell myself I'll stop secretly wearing girls' clothes forever. I'm 24, and I can do 125 consecutive pull-ups. I'm a black belt, and I'm a fighter. My hands are calloused from the intricate neural of barbells that I grip ever so tightly, lifting as if my life depends on it. I live and breathe to be inside the glorious Iron Temple. My beard would make any Viking proud. I'm a very successful manager at a thriving company. I go out to bars every night, and I'm the biggest guy in the room. The ladies love me, and the guys want to fight me. Sometimes they do, and every time they lose. I'm really sad, though. I'm very depressed and questioning my very existence. Drinking is more than social now. It's a requirement to my day. Cocaine keeps me functioning. I'm 25 and so alone, so isolated. Why? Don't I have everything I've ever wanted? I'm a good-looking man, smart, stylish, career-driven, and fit. But I finally admit my truth. I know what's really wrong with me. It's my gender. Transitioning from male to female saves my life. It's the first thing I do that's solely for me. Consequently, it's also the hardest thing that I've ever done. I lose my job, a position I made countless sacrifices for. All those long days busting my ass working open to close, doesn't even matter. I lose countless friends, ones I've had since elementary school. I lose my family. My mom and dad are crushed. My brother can't see past his religious beliefs. And my sister is more indifferent than ever before. Abandoning the one thing I love most, I stopped going to the gym, because I think it's not what girls are supposed to do. I felt alone prior to transitioning, but now I'm experiencing the deepest loneliness I've ever known. I'm 27 years old, and I'm starting to get into the swing of things. I'm a newborn woman in the world, and I feel really good about myself. I've developed a sense of style. My hair has grown much longer, and my curls are starting to show. One night, I decided to go out for drinks and food, and I mounted as a trans woman. I head back to my car, followed by a group of men. I'm outnumbered, and they attack me. I feel my ribs crack and break as I'm punched and kicked. 
I taste the gritty asphalt in my mouth as I'm thrown to the ground. I taste the blood in my mouth as it rolls back, preventing any screams for help. I'm a fighter. I know what to do. Yet I can't move. My body betrays me and I'm so scared, terrified. My clothes are being forced down and I feel that gritty asphalt all over me. I'm beaten. I'm whipped. In an instant, I'm robbed of my fresh start, my new beginning. I start going out. I don't see my friends any longer. This world is cruel. I don't deserve to live as male or female. I know that my existence should end. Today, I'm 31, and I've survived multiple suicide attempts. There are only a few people I'm close to, but these people have saved me from myself more times than I care to admit. I found friends, and they helped me find my strength. When I finally allowed myself to walk back into the Iron Temple, I swear it was if the heavens aligned. Now when I turn and look at myself in the mirror, I truly know the girl staring back at me. And that's a very powerful feeling. We had a chance to catch up with Bailey recently, and here's what she had to say. I felt it was such an important story to tell authentically because I felt what was needed for my journey, my process, was to talk about this particular event, just a very general aspect of my transition, but then leading up to some events that crippled me for a while and left me with some PTSD-related symptoms. It was just the right thing to do, and people could relate to it, whether being transgender, straight, gay, doesn't matter. Anyone can go through those situations. It was comforting to me to be able to open up that door since I hide behind a wall of humor, and I was able to be more authentic in this moment. When I started my transition, everything was very scary and new at that time. Coming out as trans was still very taboo. The trans community as a whole still wasn't accepted. We were looked at as an outcast. And I personally was very scared to show more of that struggle for fear from anybody. Showing like, well, you're only struggling because you put yourself in that situation. And no one really realized the struggles I was going through by not going into that situation. A lot of other people in the trans community hide the struggle as a way to show that our identities are valid. But telling the story did impact my life. Once I fully put myself out there and started sharing, it transcended a lot. I'll be honest, it changed some relationships that I had where people that supported me through my transition, actually, to my surprise, started going away. They felt the lack of trust that I gave them. They weren't getting the full deal. That was painful. Going to a place where I finally felt comfortable in myself to tell stories of hurt, stories of survival, and then to have some people turn their backs and be like, you know what, we would have supported you back in the day, but now we just don't know what to believe. So those relationships changed, but then at the same time, a lot of them grew to a better point. The walls of what can we talk about, those are gone. They got tore down. So that was overall the best part 
the relationships that I have in life were able to grow to another level by showing realism. I spent the better part of my life over 35 years showing this happy soldier. You'll never see me upset. And if you do, I'm just going to brush it off. Now I feel more comfortable. I don't always have to be this happy-go-lucky person because I know it's okay to be vulnerable. I remember even talking with all the other storytellers, showing great pride for my love of Amanda. And since then, we've gotten married. So that's freaking phenomenal. It is nice to call her my wife, and I take a lot of pride in that, and she does as well. And then we've moved around a couple of times, and I actually, throughout the peak pandemic, found myself in very conservative environments where I actually, for lack of better words, almost went back in the closet and just decided that I wouldn't express my trans identity. Again, hindering myself. And within the last six months, I've finally come to terms with, I can be safe in different environments. And a lot of that's just been through reflecting the work that we did together through storytelling. And it was hurtful to myself, my marriage, that I was being so blocked off. I didn't feel like being who I was. I wanted to mold myself to the environment that I was in, and the environment that I was in was very unhealthy. So I've done a lot in the last six months of just leaving a toxic work environment. And that was a big one. And really having to focus on myself again. And it's been good. I'm very proud to be doing some things right now. Mentally and emotionally, I'm doing so much better. And I'm taking my passions and starting my own business finally. It's going to be supportive of the trans community where I'll be giving back proceeds. And that is only happening because I am comfortable. And that really started by telling my truth four years ago. A very special thanks to Bailey for sharing her story. I love you. I appreciate you so much. And next up is a very special episode featuring two storytellers who helped pave the way the late and great Mr. Ralph Gano and the remarkable Pat Meeker. You do not want to miss it. I'm Blake the Gay. And I'm Julie the Lesbian. TMI Project is available to offer true storytelling workshops and performances for your school or workplace. This episode of Season 4 of the TMI Project podcast, Pride Stories, was produced in partnership with Radio Kingston. It was edited and produced by Eva Tenuto and mixed by Stevie Manns. Our theme song is Secrets by Edison Woods. Our operations and programs manager is you, Blake File. That's right. And our marketing and digital coordinator is Laura Marie Ruoco. Our administrative assistant is Elijah Jackson. Our graphic designer is Lauren Gill. And our workshop leaders are Perla Aora, Kapali Kalnick, Haley Downs, Rain Grayson, Ray Lipkin, Dara Lurie, Micah, Eva Tenuto, you, Julie Novak, and me, Blake File. To learn more, support our work, and find a special writing prompt so you can start telling your own pride story, visit tmiproject.org forward slash podcast. <laughs>